Welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we are here to have real human conversations. Today, my guest is Layla. I met Layla at the Drug Tested North American Championships in St. Louis. Um, so we lifted heavy stuff on the same platform, pretty much. And um, she just she became like a friend for the weekend, and it was fun. Um, and other than that, Layla, will you tell me who are you? Um, my name is Layla Nimmer. I am from Edgerton, Wisconsin, which is about 20 minutes south of Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm currently in Stevens Point, which is where I attend University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. Um, and I'm going to school for early childhood education. So I'm hoping to teach like first or second grade. And I am currently a fourth year. So home stretch. That is... Um impressive and terrifying because I like so one of my many jobs is as a sub right and like I will take obnoxious junior high and high school kids who just like talk back way too much over elementary school and especially early elementary school I subbed kindergarten one day one day and like I have a seven-year-old and they're like it's fine it's just like having 15 Baxters and I was like I can barely handle one Baxter I don't need more of them so man taking on those younger ages that is yeah I love the little ones because they're still like excited about learning and like they Mm -hmm. still have a joy for life and they're just very playful and cute and I don't know I think my like motivation for wanting to be a teacher as like corrupt as our education system is especially now is like if you really want to make a change in the world you have to start from like the like new generation and I think like starting by connecting with the younger generation is how we can build a kinder future so and they're just fun to hang out with (laughs) they are fun to hang out with they they're great storytellers for sure. Yes. Um, so you kind of touched on it there, but what is it that made you one? So first, what made you want to be a teacher? Because that is, I was raised by teachers. That is not an easy road. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I, um, nothing ever really stuck out to me career-wise and I never really found like a passion in like traditional careers um but I always had this like thing in the back of my head where like I want to make a difference and like I want to help contribute to like creating a kinder like world sorry to hear my cat in the background um and I was trying to think of ways that I could do that, that like I could also thrive in. Like, I think at one point I kind of wanted to be a nurse, but like, I'm not really good at science. So like, I wanted to be like a PT, but again, not really good at science. Um, And I've always been around kids. Um, I actually, my mom um, has always run an at-home daycare like my whole life. So I've I've always been around kids and my sisters, that kind of made them not like kids. but I was the one that like, I loved having kids in the house and like, I loved making art with them. And like, 
I've always, I think my personality has always kind of matched with younger kids more than it has with adults. I'm like way better at talking to little kids than I am at talking to adults. And I'm way better at like connecting to them. And like my creative like mindset is more like geared with like the younger community. So I don't know, I guess it just, it makes sense for me and like, yeah. (laughs) It's a really long, drug-out explanation. That's, okay. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Um, okay, so I have a couple questions for that. But first, I want to say, like, for me, I totally understand being able to communicate with young kids better than adults. And for me, it's because they are brutally honest. And, like, they're not, they're not mean about it. But, like, they're not, like, four-year-olds don't lie. They don't even know how to lie yet. They are just... Like, they're going to tell it exactly how it is. And then if it upsets you, they're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Which, if adults communicated like that, I would like talking to adults a lot better. Because I feel like adults, like, they sugarcoat things. And, like, when you're a grown-up, you're not supposed to be brutally honest. Because then you're labeled as rude and unsocial and whatever. And I just, that's that's one reason why I like talking to kids more because they are, they're just, they're pure and honest and truthful. And um, I love it. So my two questions, my first one, I'll remember that one. So, um, so why do you think you enjoy talking to kids more or can relate to kids more than adults? Um, I think I don't know I'm not so I'm not a very like serious person I try to like like I only like do things that I enjoy and I try not to look at life from a super serious like perspective and I think like adults especially like I don't know my age like everyone's starting to figure out adulthood and like get real jobs and stuff and I've always like pushed back from the idea of like being a real adult and like just getting caught up in like the things that society makes you think are important and then you forget to find like the joy in life and like actually enjoy day-to-day things and like things that you like find peace and joy in doing and like talking to kids like they I don't know they don't have that um like restrictive mindset yet that like I think is instilled as we grow older and like have more responsibilities so I like talking to kids because it's like it's innocent it's lighthearted, and like they haven't been beat down by the world yet so I think that's why I I think those are very good points because I I think you're right I think as like the older and older we get we like society gets its claws into us more and more of like what's expected of us and when we're kids like like we're just supposed to live because we're not the ones paying for things and we're not the ones like we're like we didn't put us here somebody else brought us into this world so they have to take care of us and then when you're an adult like they're just like okay well figure it out and then that's no fun um so the other question I had for you is because you've mentioned it a couple of times is that you want to make it help make a kinder world so what does kindness mean to you and what does that look like um I think 
especially in the past couple of years, we've, I feel like the world has been very dark and discriminatory and it's been harder for, um, I think, people to just be themselves and like expressive and be accepted. And I think creating a kind of like world to me just means like actually accepting and like loving everyone for who they are and like creating a world where like everyone can be who they are and like we don't have to you know hide and like be this cookie cutter thing that society has told us like we have to be um and I think that's really important to like stress in like younger ages and just like school age in general um because like uh the world is really boring when everyone is the same and we're like just here to like work until we die and like I think um letting people like be who they are and like try new things and like having bright colorful personalities like makes this life a lot more fun and exciting so I think just like I don't know create like facilitating an environment for students and like everyone in general to just be who they are and enjoy this life because I think everyone deserves that. I think that's very beautiful. Um, I know for myself the uh, the search for my authentic self like the there's all these people who are talking about now like as you get older it's not so much learning anymore but it's unlearning the things that you don't need to have like all those things that were taught to us like I don't have to work a nine to five job. I don't have to do this. I can find something I'm passionate about, like whether it's travel or um, education or teaching, like which are technically different. Um, like you can find a way to be in this world that isn't the way we were told it had to be because exactly. I have, I've had this conversation a lot with my family recently is like this whole world that we live in like the world is all based off of perception right and how like our lived experience and we have an idea of what the world is based off of where we live where we both live in America but there are people who I've talked to in other countries who have a completely different view of what the world is because like the American way of life is not the world's way of life and if we could, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for like disassembling that. And I mean, I don't take naps, but I would be all down for having a siesta in the middle of the day that's just required <laughs> by law, because I think people are much more productive when they get adequate rest and relaxation and time to themselves. Um, yeah. 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 Looking, I think sharing like cultures and that's another part of like creating a kinder world is I feel like like different cultures are very like gate kept and there's and it comes a lot with all of the discrimination and the like the hatred in this world this is we're not you know sharing cultures but um like even looking like smaller like than different cultures and like countries is like different the way how different um like just being in different families, growing up in different families, I think like people even that live next door to each other can have 
like way different perspectives and like perceptions of life um and I think that's really interesting and that's why like being in or going into education like you it's an open door to learn about all of these different like experiences that your students are having and that like families go through and like I found that really interesting even I've been in a 4k classroom this past semester and the like I think there was like 12 kids and even just like the diversity and families that we had and all of the kids learn from each other and there's like because they're four like that's a valuable learning experience and they don't have this like predisposed like judgment or like dislike or hatred for people that are different from them yet so it's just like a blank canvas to learn that you know my peers are different and that's cool and like there is no right or wrong way to like exist like in even like with unlearning like I was I grew up in like a pretty standard family and like we're not super religious but like we still celebrate like Thanksgiving and Christmas and like Easter and birthdays and I like remember coming back from Thanksgiving break and I told one of my 4k students like what did you do for Thanksgiving and the teacher came over and she was like oh just you know like his family doesn't celebrate any holidays or birthdays and like I had to like oh how do I like interact with this student without making him feel like he's like different in a bad way or like left out so even I had to unlearn like just assuming that everyone celebrates like the same things that I do so that was cool yeah I like that a lot and um I mean I'm a firm believer that we are we are we're meant to constantly learn right whether it's learning or unlearning like learning is the aspect of life that is it's like our purpose um, I mean, we have other purposes as well, but it's like when you stop learning and you stop taking in the information around you, like, I don't know, for me, it's just like you, you stop being. And you um, stop growing too. It's like almost like what whatever kind of learning or unlearning, no matter what, you're moving forward in your like journey and your growth progress. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um. If you could, like, make a, a short list of all of the things, not all of the things, short list, so not all of them, um, <laughs> but, like, if you could think of, like, right off the top of your head, what are the things that you intentionally do for personal growth? Um, hmm. So like a vague way to put it would be that I'm trying to always be conscious of doing things that I enjoy um, and always incorporating like hobbies and things that I've like maybe done for a long time as long as they still bring me joy and also trying to like learn new things obviously like time like if I have time for it. Um, specifically I guess right now in my where I'm at in life right now it's like um lifting because I found a joy in that um I'm still swimming which I is something I've done for most of my life and I'm still doing it because it makes me happy 
art is something that has like been in and out of my life but I have noticed that when I am like letting my giving myself time to like do art like my mental health is a lot so I guess just being aware of like what is bringing me joy and like what is helping me be a better person for myself and the people around me I like that a lot because it, so this is one thing I want to say that's gonna make make me feel old which I don't believe in being old but still makes me feel old because I'm going to say one thing that I really enjoy about your generation because it's a different generation than mine <laughs> um like I've started to see that that change in culture of like individuals not just believing that they have a right to do things they enjoy but like setting the expectation of like, no, my, my life belongs to me. And these are the things that make me happy and things that make me like want to continue to exist. So there has to be time for them. Um, mm. Cause like me, I was, I was a workaholic for uh, more time than I can even imagine. And it took, a lot of work to be like wait I'm allowed to just do things because I like them not because I'm trying to produce something and that's one of the things especially when it comes to art that um and that's any art whether it's painting or sculpting or writing like any creative endeavor I think one of the best lessons anyone can learn is that you don't have to be good at something to enjoy it and you don't have to produce it for somebody else and you don't have to like I'm gonna, no one, uh, no one else is gonna be able to see this because it's a podcast. But I'm gonna show you. This is a painting that I made because I don't do abstract art. It's called Death Ooh. of the Unicorn. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Not, so beautiful. It's just I also made this shield, which I'm actually much more proud. Of, but it was one of those things. Like it was this great experience of making art. Yeah, and I it feel wasn't like making any kind of art is like very therapeutic and like oh, you yeah. don't realize the like how like how much good it's doing for you and like your head and so you're like whoa I feel so much better but yeah, yeah. It's, so that's one of those things that I mean I think it it come on words work <laughs> I think it points to the opportunity that you're talking about working with younger kids and changing the world, um, making the world a kinder place by instilling those in in kids as they're growing up. Because mm. I think that has, like it, it's already shown that it works because we have a whole generation coming up that say, no, we don't have to live by the status quo like we're going to make a world we want to live in and it, it makes me happy because I don't know it, I, I'm excited for the future yeah I I like it's very it's a very like cool feeling that I get to be like the person for these like people in like very young ages like to tell them or make it like find what you like and do it because it makes you happy 
because I also like I had to kind of unlearn the like because I was raised by like the older generation whose mm-hmm. like mindset was like the traditional like you know go to school go to college get a job work a nine to five until you retire and then rot until you die and like <laughs> so even like I know I like I'm still young and even I in the past like I would say two and a half years I've had to learn like because I've felt like in a rut like I don't want because I've never found like a career or like a job that like I feel super excited and like passionate about I'm like does my whole life really have to revolve around working or like a job like I and then I started to do things and find things that like make me happy and I enjoy even though they don't make me money but I'm like does that is it like life really all about working and money and you know you learn that it doesn't and then your life is so much better but yeah so that's also been a a, even though I'm only 21 I've also had to teach myself that and I'm like very lucky and grateful that I like figured that out early so that I don't you know waste any more time (laughs) yeah um I gotta tell you one of one of the things that pisses me off the most about the world is that we are literally the only species that has to pay to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it makes me real mad <laughs> because yes. I'm just like, um, my dogs and cat live in my house rent free. They don't do shit. They just get to exist. So <laughs> why do I have to do this? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I have this this crazy thing where like my ideal world doesn't have money um, where you just trade and barter for goods and services. Like one person's good at growing food and another person is good at building things. And you're like, Hey, you want some food and you want to build this thing for me. I'll give you some food. Like, yeah, really that's what we do. Stress. (laughs) Yeah. And complications. I don't know. I just think it shouldn't be so, like, it shouldn't be a luxury to, like, just do things that make you happy and, like, make you want to be here. (laughs) Like, it's very sad that, like, there's so many people that literally just, like, feel like they can't, they literally can't afford to, like, just go do something that they enjoy. I don't know. It's sad. I mean, I would take it even a step further than that. And it's not just they don't have the luxury to do things they enjoy, but like there are a lot of people who don't have the luxury to do anything but survive. Like they don't have luxury. I know I've been at that point in my life where it was like, I will wake up and work until I go to sleep so that I can pay all of my bills so that I can keep a roof over my head and food in my stomach. And if that's Like, that's all that existed. And it was one of those things where, like, you learn that there are other ways to do things, but then the society we live in, like, I don't get to control how much people are willing to pay me for a job. I can control what jobs that I take. And that was a hard lesson to learn, but it's still 
it I our society isn't currently built that everybody can do that mm-hmm. and I think that's a problem so I think um I don't know having that impact on the next generation that's gonna that's gonna be huge because the more people that are raised with empathy and kindness and the understanding that like other people matter just as much as you do can make a huge shift in society mm-hmm. so more power to you yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so just because I want to talk about this because I love having this conversation um and you're going into education and you're I mean you're educated in education and you mentioned it right at the beginning but you said that you're going into early childhood education even though the education system is corrupt how would you define the corruption in education currently um hmm. so i i really for so like the main like deterrent um of like my generation like not wanting to be teachers is obviously like the pay and how um, how our society treats teachers. Um, so that's one reason is like, I don't know. I think um, our society kind of downplays the importance that educators have because we are like literally teaching people how to exist in our society and like everyone goes or everyone deserves to go to school everyone deserves to be educated um and i think we like people struggle to understand how much how big of a responsibility and like a job it is to be in that position of power to like educate and prepare these people to like be their own people and also exist and get along with like everyone else that is walking around um because I found myself like stressing out about the pressure of like am I good enough to like you know prepare these people to like be successful and like be functioning humans because like I wouldn't even say that I'm like a sufficiently functioning human but (laughs) so I think I don't know there's a lot of like I think it's just a really big heavy role that is like not looked down upon but I don't I don't think that teachers are like given the credit and like they're they're not paid enough so it's a very like because we understand the importance of like our job and like what we're doing which is why they do it like no one goes into teaching like for the money or like because <laughs> they're going to be comfortable because you're not going to be um and it, there's also a lot of emotional like things that come with being a teacher because like you are the only one that knows like you're doing the right thing um mm-hmm. there's a lot of like things i know that people encounter or teachers encounter with like administrators and parents and like it literally it's all a mental thing like you are doing it because like you know it's important and it's the right thing to do so I think like the the emotional 
not baggage, but just the like on take of everything that comes with being a teacher. Yeah. Um, no, it's 100%. Like I said, I was raised by teachers. My mom is still a teacher. Um, I have many friends who are teachers. Like most of my family are teachers. Like it's a thing. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but very, very much underpaid for one, what their education has to be. And two, because I don't know, especially like in today's job market, I know very few teachers who haven't, who don't already have their master's or aren't like working on their master's while also teaching, which is a whole nother level because that's what a lot of teachers do is they, they get their, their starting position and then continue on with their master's. So then they're going to school for a master's while also teaching and being responsible for all of these children and all of the stuff. And like, it's, it's exhausting. Um, but it's like what you have to know in order to teach people. And it doesn't matter what age, like if you are teaching young kids, you have to know so much about psychology and how the brain works and how they function. When you start teaching older kids, you need to know that stuff a little bit, but then you also have to have a lot more like direct knowledge on the subjects that you're teaching. And there's just so much to know. But then also you have all of the um, the, the social aspects, because that's part of school, is teaching these kids how to be people, like what they're supposed to be. And teachers spend way more time with students than their own parents do. I know this because I have kids and I see them less than their teachers do. Um, and so it's one of those things like trying, being someone who parents can trust with their kids is huge, but then also um, just the, the education that you need in all of the different aspects of life. But then you're also put in the position where uh, as a teacher, you are, oh, what's the word? Can't think of the word right now. Um, something reporter. So if there's ever, like if you suspect any sort of abuse or neglect, you're the one who has to report it. You're the one who like every day you have to look at the kids and say, okay, like, I don't know if you're getting enough food at home. And then you have to look at the kids who, like, sitting in one classroom, seeing the amount of different, like, socioeconomic standings that can be in one classroom. And one kid who wants for nothing and another kid who you know doesn't eat unless he's at school. Like, those things are really hard on your mental state because you care. Like, you said it, nobody gets into teaching for the money. Nobody. There's a handful of people who I've known who are like, yeah, I want to be a teacher so I can get summers off. And then they realize that you have trainings all summer long or you're teaching summer school because you still need an income or, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of things that you learn on the way. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't make it more than a year or two into their teaching career because, like, not to scare you. I'm not trying to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot. I know. I've thought about it too. Like, 
I don't I I don't know yeah I don't know <laughs> this teaching is a lot and that like I feel the importance and like I I want to but it's also like finding a balance between like remembering that you are your own person too and I think that's why yeah. that so many teachers leave the profession is because like they lose themselves and like their mental like and like emotional health is like ground like down to the bone because it is such an emotional like job so I don't know well we'll see how it how it, <laughs> how it goes um well, I'll check back in in a few years yeah, yeah. You <laughs> we'll see <laughs> um I I believe in you though just so you know um I don't I don't think I know this doesn't directly correlate, but I don't think anyone can deadlift as much as you do and also not have the mental strength to be able to get through the other things. Like that is that's a resilient there's thing. A, there's a lot of I've a lot of the things I do require a lot of my and I'm not I wouldn't say I'm like very mentally strong, but I think I do a lot of things that require you to practice like mental strength and like yeah. I, like everything is mental for me it always has been like swimming like I've always had to like it's all <laughs> a lot of it is in your head <laughs> so yeah. well especially uh the amount of time your face spends underwater Ooh, question what uh what events do you swim um I swim distance freestyle so um, my main events are the 500 the thousand and the mile that sounds disgusting Good for you. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all with um with powerlifting? It's like complete opposite, but <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like you don't always have to like all the same things. So um, I kind of like not making sense. Like my whole like personality is built on like not. I don't like conforming to like societal norms. So I just do whatever is different. <laughs> random side note are you an Aquarius <laughs> no I'm actually a Gemini but I was having that I was with my family last night and they they think that I like give off a lot of Aries I don't I'm not oh. super huge I don't know like a lot about it but I don't know <laughs> I've, I've learned things so you can look up your like your whole natal chart and then you're actually so your sign is your I think your sun sign but then you have different signs depending on where, like, the moon and the stars were the moment you were born and where you were born. So, like, look yeah. it up. It's fun. Um, but, yeah, because I'm an Aquarius, and we're known for being eclectic, crazy people who just do what we want to do and not care about it. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. What else do I want to know? Um, when you go to teach, are you trying to teach like around your like hometown kind of area or are you trying to like go wherever the wind takes you? Um, so I would say ever since this kind of all connects. So ever since I started like learning to like do things that I enjoy and like just start to do things because I want to, um, I like kind of found a calling and like 
I really like, well, I've always been like, I've always liked camping and hiking and like being outdoors, but I really am in love with like the mountains. Um, so like this summer I lived in Colorado and I worked at a camp that's um, for kids with dyslexia um, and I fell in love with it. So as soon as I graduate, I would like to get out of Wisconsin. Um, there's no mountains in Wisconsin. Um, we have lots of pine trees and lakes and that's about it. Um, but I would like to go anywhere um, in the mountains. I think that like my energy would be a lot less chaotic and I would feel more grounded if I, and I would be more like able to give more of my mental energy to my career if I was somewhere where I was like happy and <laughs> at peace. Um, so I don't have like a specific um, place where I'd want to teach, um, just somewhere that has mountains. Um, I'm actually looking into student teaching. So I student teach next fall um, and I'm going to be doing the first half of my student teaching semester, hopefully in Alaska. Um, my school has like a program where they have connections with schools in Alaska because Alaska's school system um, needs help and needs teachers. So they're usually everyone that soon teaches in Alaska gets an offer out there. So like that's always something that's on the table. Um, and then also the family that runs the camp for dyslexia that I worked for, they run a lot of schools for kids with dyslexia. Um, and that's like a field that I thought was super interesting. I also have a minor in special ed. So that's something that is interesting. So I, I don't really know where I'm going to end up. Um, just I'm I'm not going to stay in Wisconsin if I can help <laughs> it. Um, I've never been to Alaska, but I have friends who have been or live there. And um, I have seen pictures and it's beautiful. And as long as, as long as you can wake up when it's dark and sleep when it's light you'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah the darkness luckily I the time frame I would be there would probably be from like August to October so it'd be like right before it's like dark 24 7 um because I I do need sun I I'm a person who like I'm happier when I'm tan and I love being in the sun <laughs> so I don't I don't know that I could live there year-round um but I've always wanted to go um, and I'm obsessed with like visiting new national parks and don't like Denali is the tallest mountain in North America, or at least in like the national parks. And I've always wanted to see that. So hopefully I'll get to see all of those things when I go there. Yeah, and I definitely, I mean, rural areas and I feel like Alaska, even though it has large cities, I think like the whole area is considered rural just because there's so much wilderness in between everywhere to get anywhere. Um, Even the biggest city, I believe, I think it's Anchorage is like, yeah, not that <laughs> I don't know numbers off the top of my head, but I was looking at it and it's like, even their biggest city is like smaller than the biggest city we have in Wisconsin. So, which is fine with me. I've always like, I grew up in a small town um, and I, I don't need to be around a lot of people. I'm not really a city girl, but I like being in the middle of nowhere in the silence. So I think it's funny that you say that because so my friend lives in Anchorage and I just looked it up. So population is 288,000. I was going to say so. 250,000, but I didn't want to. Be, I was close. But, 
So I think it's funny because I live in the capital city of of Wyoming, so Cheyenne, and it's the largest city in Wyoming, and we have 65,000 people. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But, so we're not even considered a city because you have to have more than 100,000 people to be considered a city. So we're just a really large town, but I like it that way because I would much rather hang out with um, pronghorn and, like, bison than most people so fantastic just a lot of open space (laughs) yeah um but yeah so outside of teaching do you have any other like aspirations like if you had um like anything on your bucket list that do you Um, have a bucket list i don't know Mm, I think, like, my whole direction in life for, like, the past year has been to just, um, I guess, get my, I don't know, expand towards, like, the mountains and just working towards, like, getting out. Like, I've lived in the same house in a small town in Wisconsin, like, my whole life, so... I say, like, I always have, like, the urge to run away, like, not, like, I'm not running away from anything, like, bad or anything, I just, like, I have such a strong urge to just, like, go and, like, see new things and, like, experience new things, and so I wouldn't say there's anything, like, specific, like, I have a list of national parks I want to go to, um, It also kind of started, so when I lived in Colorado over the summer, the second week of camp, I got COVID, um, and they were like, you can stay in this cabin by yourself, or you could, like, go on a road trip, so I packed up my car, and I was like, bye, and um, I drove to Moab, Utah, which is where Arches National Park is, and I lived in my car in Utah for five days, and it was like, the I had COVID, but (laughs) it was... So, but I, so I was like self-isolated partially because I had COVID and partially also because I just wanted to like be by myself and like feel self-sufficient and like that whole trip was like, it was very empowering because I was like learning, like I can do things by myself. Like I am self-sufficient, like I can do what I want. I can like listen to what I need and meet my needs and like do things that make me happy. And that was like, I don't know that's kind of been a whole like shift in like my directions in life is like I just want to be in a place where I can continue to do that and like explore and like I don't know I don't like having like strict like I need to do this and this and like plan everything out so I think like society and like growing up and like having all these things like fed to me like I was always like oh you know you're gonna go to school and then you're going to find someone and you're going to get married and you're going to have kids and then you're just going to be stuck. And like the more I like sat and thought about that without anyone else, like telling me anything about that, the more it just did not sound appealing to me at all. Um, And I think part of like connecting with little kids is like, you the more you grow up the more you forget to play and like how important like play whatever that means to you is like crucial for your mental health and like development so I think finding things that are like my 
version of like play is like really important so I think and a like big goal of mine is like doing so I think you said this earlier of like not liking things that you're not good at and Mm -hmm. that's like a that's one of my biggest like character flaws is that I hate things if I'm not good at them and I just like won't do them so like something I've been working on is like doing things even though I like might not be good at them but I can still like them if I'm not good at them and like if I do them more maybe I will get good at them um like something that's been that for me is like I don't know, like rock climbing like we grew up and my sisters always liked rock climbing and I was always like a bigger kid and I was like no I'm not good at it I can't do it so I like never liked it um and we went rock climbing in Colorado with the kids and I was supposed to be this like leader and like I'm supposed to be their role model and I was like the whole time I was like moping and I was like I'm not good at rock climbing I don't like it and in front of these kids and I felt terrible that was probably like one of the worst moments in my like <laughs> in my education ex- like experience but um I went rock climbing over like last week and I really liked it and I wasn't good at it but I was like just trying to like changing my mindset so I guess my like bucket list and goals is just like do as much as I can and like find like what makes me happy and like play and yeah I love it um so I think it's funny so when I two years ago I quit my job my career I was just like fuck this I'm done um and then I like I was like I always wanted to go skydiving so we went skydiving and I went rock climbing because I always wanted to go rock climbing so I like got a guide and did that and I always thought like same thing like I always I'm a, I'm a bigger human being so I was just like I'm not gonna be good at rock climbing because you have to have so much upper body strength but then you find out that there's actually I mean if you there are definitely some types of rock climbing that are very very grip and upper body strength oriented but like when you're just climbing the face of a big old boulder like you have special rock climbing shoes and there's a lot of leg strength that is required and I was really good at it because I got lots of leg strength (laughs) um when we started climbing like into cracks I was really bad at that so they were like you just have to squeeze in there and I'm like none of this is squeezing in there (laughs) (laughs) I'm not I don't fit in the crack it's not gonna happen (laughs) Yeah. yeah I have not tried to um climb an actual rock since the change of mindset so I, I still have yet to conquer that um but because we just went to like a climbing gym because there's like yeah the snow on the ground but um that was one thing like because like I started this like lifting thing or whatever two years ago and I've never really had upper body strength and when I started like climbing the rock wall it was like super fun like I would just let go with my feet and just hang there like whoa I actually am really strong this is really cool I might not be good at rock climbing but like I am jacked and like this is making me feel really cool (laughs) that I can like hang on to these rocks and stuff it was a very like it was a very fun experience yeah for sure um but yeah I think in general um that the mindset that you have I think is probably one of the strongest things in the short time that I've known you um 
a weekend plus an hour um <laughs> is that that mindset of one I can do things just because I like them and I can do things like if I do things I'm bad enough for long enough maybe I won't stay bad at it like it's just that it's that perpetual growth um and not just the growth but the willingness to grow because there's a lot of people who don't have that they are they aren't willing to step outside of their comfort zone um and their comfort zone could be anything like I I tell people all the time like failure is my favorite thing in the whole wide world because it teaches you what you need to learn and like it's it's vulnerability at its finest like lifting weights I think is one of the most vulnerable things you can do because you will never get stronger if you don't fail first like you have to find out where you fail to figure out what your next step is mm -hmm. and like if you're lifting weights and you're not failing you're not growing to like it's not that you're not growing but you're not growing to what you're actually capable of and you'll never know what you're capable of until you fail so and i think a lot of that plays into like how big of like a mental sport powerlifting is like i'm very new like still like baby in it so powerlifting has been really fun for me because it isn't like i've been learning like everything in powerlifting like has been a learning experience for me and I didn't realize how much of like it's all mental because like you said with like not pushing yourself or not failing like that's all in your head like if you are not willing to like fail first like you aren't gonna grow and like I know I experienced a lot with like me, like me not thinking I can do something like I had to break that bridge a lot of times like I might have the strength but for like I'd be like scared of like just pick it up but there yeah. is a lot of like mental um process that like goes along with that and like it was very it was a, a different experience like to just oh I just have to pick it up but I'm like I can't uh, my brain is telling me I can't so it's it's interesting. I think it's funny because at North Americans, like it was a very rough. It was my, it was my first rough meet, and like there was injuries and all sorts of whatever. Um, but like, I don't know if you saw me backstage after I finished my last deadlift, but I was sobbing, <laughs> like I'm just like bawling my eyes out because because I finally broke through that mental barrier that I had from like getting over 300 pounds again after my injury and like I had not been able to break through that for months and I finally did it and like my brain was so happy and it was just like flooding with endorphins and you know leaking out of my eyes um and so it's it's crazy how much how much mental strength and emotion goes into lifting weights and I, I tell people all the time, so like, I have three forms of meditation, okay, because I don't enjoy, like, quiet, still meditation, and I know I need to practice it, whatever, and I do, but I don't enjoy it yet, but like, weightlifting is my favorite form of meditation, because the ability, like, you have to control your breath, 
you have to be 100% one with your body. Like to lift really heavy weights, you have to be within yourself mm-hmm. so much. And you have to have your brain focused. You have to have your breath. Like, like it is meditation. And like, whenever I lift, like the whole world goes quiet. Nothing else exists until my lift is over. And so it's my favorite form of meditation. Second fit, my well, hide is yoga and swimming are my other two forms of meditation. Because when I'm swimming, nobody else can bother me because my head is underwater. Yeah, <laughs> it is the physical quietness. Yes, like all of my thoughts still race, but that happens in regular meditation too, right? So I get to move, but I give myself that time that just is forced where nobody else gets to bother me because I'm in my zone and I get to be in my zone. And then yoga, because um, depending on what type of, and it doesn't even matter what type of yoga, but very variations of yoga are, they're hard in a good way. Like whether you're doing yin and like really sitting into a stretch or you're doing vinyasa and you're getting your heart rate up um or hatha and you're like holding a pose for a really long time like either way like you have to be in yourself and just like rely on yourself and rely on your breath and so people give me crap all the time because they're like you know meditation's supposed to be and I'm like yeah don't tell me what meditation's supposed to be it's meditation's for be- anyone and everyone's like brain works differently like I've never been able to do that I'm not diagnosed but I was like mm. ADHD possibly because I always have to be doing some like there's a lot of things but I like I find stillness and things that like like people typically don't um and I and I can't find stillness and things that people normally do so um yeah (laughs) well if it makes you feel any better I got diagnosed at 33 so uh you still got time (laughs) Yeah, we thought about it, but I also don't want my my sparkles. Like I've learned to live with it, and I think the like the things that I do be, or it's even if it's not ADHD, just the different mannerisms that people have said. Like, yeah. like I I like the way that I function because it's different, and I don't like being like everyone else. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll be honest. I after getting diagnosed, I decided not to get medicated because then I couldn't do drug tested powerlifting anymore. <laughs> oh, really? So, oh, I didn't know that. Because it's, um, because they're, uh, um, stimulants. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. But there are other ways. And there are, there are, um, like, systems that ADHD people use that could literally help everybody like organization stuff but honestly it's just about figuring out um how you function best and then doing that so mm-hmm. um but also look it up but there is um so there's a correlation between ADHD and dyslexia um autism things like that so a lot of times there's a comorbidity so especially mm-hmm. if you're working with um people who struggle with dyslexia there's a good we yeah that was actually interesting to see like as someone um with a special education background um it's kind of 
it's unfortunate. We don't learn a lot about dyslexia, um, but obviously we learn about all of like a lot of other um, mm-hmm. disabilities like ADHD and um, EBD and like stuff like that. And at the camp I was at, most of like, I would say probably 75% of the, and all of them had dyslexia and most of them like had something else too that they were struggling with, um, whether they were related or not. Um, but that was something interesting to yeah. see. Yeah, it's um, actually my, my very first podcast that I recorded a year ago today was about dyslexia and literacy. you should check it out you might like it okay we're going to transition into our game so do you want right or left left okay um your first question if humans were reincarnated as animals what would you like to come back as i would like to come back as a duck okay Um, mainly for like the flying reasons, being able to fly and like see things from above. I, and I, there's a specific image in my head that comes to mind when I say that, because I remember like being in Colorado and we were like next to this Alpine Lake and I just saw a duck like fly over the lake and I was like, I want to be a duck flying over the mountains (laughs) in Colorado. Um, and also because I like water and they they swim in the water. <laughs> okay, so then would you, I don't know what a female duck is called, but would you be a female duck or a mallard? Like, would you be like one of the brown ones or one of the pretty green ones? I'd be one of the pretty green ones. <laughs> Bright colors. Yeah. Okay, um, my first question. If you could be a superhero, what name and powers would you have? Oh my God. Um, I would be super Chandra because that's what my, <laughs> my MySpace name was back in the day. Oh. For all the people <laughs> old enough to know what MySpace is. <laughs> and um, my superpowers would be somehow like I would have like a Um, some power that would sound like this warm, warm, warm because <laughs> I can't like, verbalize that right now and it would I don't want to say force but it it would force the people in whatever situation to be compassionate for those around them so I would just like warm 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 and then everyone would be like hey how are you doing are you doing okay and then everyone <laughs> that would be so nice <laughs> that's awesome because I don't want any of the other ones like I don't want x-ray vision I don't want to see any of that I don't want I don't want to fly um I mean flying would be cool honestly but um like I'm just with my luck I'd be flying and I'm like I'm like you're going to be flying as a duck, and then I'm going to accidentally We're going to crash. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going back to that question, though, what, what animal would you be reincarnated as? It depends. It always depends on my mood. Um, I, I'm usually going to say something like a large cat, like a tiger, because I love tigers. Um, or like a snow leopard. 
pretty much anything that gets to lay around all day, which is funny because I don't lay around all day. Um, but I'm, I feel very feline a lot. Um, and large cats are cool. But then also, I would, I would also like one day want to be like, I saw this little metallic beetle one time. I'm like, that'd be cool. Like, just like walk around with a rainbow on my back and be like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'll go hang out by these plants. I don't know. I feel like pretty like much any... would be cool too. I would just want to be something that flies. So I think that would be cool. That was when I went skydiving. That was like other people were like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm gonna die. And I like jumped out of a plane and I was like, I'm a bird. Yeah. That was one thing like <laughs> we did a lot of like cliff jumping and like stuff in Colorado and I was like I was the only adult that like did it with the kids like all the other adults were like I'm like I am that's so cool like I just love yeah. spending it <laughs> honestly like it doesn't matter where I am I always I gravitate towards the kids like I studied abroad in Morocco and within like an hour of being at the place we were at like I was playing tag with a bunch of kids who don't speak the same language as me and like everyone else was just like what is she doing and I'm just like hey what's up what's up yeah <laughs> like exactly it's the play you have to like immerse yourself in the fun and the play yes I bet 100%. you're you're a lot happier of a person than those other people that weren't playing tag were 100% <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to switch your second question to whatever my second question was going to be because I already asked you that question unintentionally. So, <laughs> so you're going to be, if social media didn't exist, how would your life be different? Um, hmm. I think, like, just subconsciously, I'm probably very influenced by everything that I'm consuming when it comes to, like, how I dress and like the phone I have and like stuff like that like I think I try to be my own person and my own personality as much as possible but I I am curious as to I don't think I know how I would be different but I have a feeling that I would probably be very different if I wasn't like sucking in all of this like all the new like clothes and like stuff that you know you're just kind of vulnerable to admitting yourself to um so yeah I don't know exactly how I would be different but I have a feeling I would probably be very different <laughs> I can see that having less influence upon you mm -hmm. yeah um I mean back in the day we had magazines and commercials so that's where we were influenced <laughs> And I don't um, like reading, so I probably wouldn't be, and I, like, don't have the patience, like, I cannot sit down and watch, like, anything, like, the amount of, like, people that are, like, have you seen this movie? I'm, like, I've never heard of it, never seen it, <laughs> like, there's so many, like, I, like, TV shows can't, can't watch it, I just, I'm, so I'm very, but I, like, because of, like, the short attention span, like, TikTok, I'm on TikTok all of the time, and it's really <laughs> bad, but, I'd say, like, TikTok and Instagram are, like, where I consume my most, like, information and, like, social media 
Um, yeah, and like yeah. with the Instagram thing, I probably wouldn't be like worried about like taking pictures all the time or like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely find it exhausting. It, it would took a long time for me to like really be on social media. Um, and it's, I find it exhausting. So like, yeah, I don't know. Some days I wish it were gone and I could just wander off into the forest. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how I'm, I'm trying to do that eventually. <laughs> okay, so then my next question is, if you had a bucket list, what are at least three things you would have on it? That's the one I already asked you, so I switched your question. Um, My bucket list, so top thing on my bucket list is step foot on every continent. Um, other things on my bucket list, I guess get my all of my businesses up and running and like running efficiently <laughs> I don't know if that's a bucket list or just like a goal that I'm working on but whatever yeah. <laughs> um, and a third bucket list would be raise my sons to not be douchebags <laughs> that's an awesome one I like that one <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for your service <laughs> it's it's funny because my oldest is nine and so I swear around my kids and whatever the other day he was just like you know mom sometimes you say that you're an asshole and I decided that I need a nickname too so I'm just gonna be a douchebag I was like no 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 you'll get that one you can be an asshole because other people's definition of an asshole is basically just someone who shares their opinion freely but you don't get to be a douchebag like that's (laughs) that is a solid no (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah those are the kind of conversations I have with my children. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. It's good to get that out of the way early. You have to start yeah. start creating the kind souls early. Uh, they definitely have that. Um, okay, so your last question. What are some of the things that you are grateful for in your life? I am very grateful for my parents um, and the way that I was raised and the way I got to grow up. And the way they continue to to raise me because I am still very much a child. Um, (laughs) Another thing I'm grateful for is um, my, I don't know, I guess my like drive and like always, I, I like the fact that I always need to be doing something or like learning something or just doing something. Um, I, can I'm like content with the way I have like spent my time um and I'm also grateful for my love for like nature and being outside so I think that's like helped shape who I am and I like that very nice um I'm impressed by your ability to list so many things you're grateful for so easily (laughs) because There's a lot of things, but I don't know. That's... I've, I've, I've like done like gratitude challenges. They're like, list three things you're grateful for. And I'm like, um... <laughs> I've tried, have you ever tried journaling? That's, uh, yeah. That's, I, that's something I've tried to do. And I think the easiest, like for me, the easiest thing to journal was like, I would start every journal entry with like a list of gratitude. And I would just like list 
as many things as I could think of right there that I, and it would be silly, like, so, like, I journaled every day that I was in Colorado so that my mom could, like, read about it and, like, know what I did, and I started, like, every day I would just list what I was grateful for, and it'd be, like, the sun, Chacos, um, mountains, just, like, random things, and it, but, like, literally just, like, reminding yourself, like, what you're grateful for, like, it, like, boosted my mood. It was really easy, like, actually, physically making myself journal every day is like nearly impossible but like once you actually do it (laughs) it's helpful yeah I I think I overthink it too much so I'll have to I'll take your advice and just like all of the like just let all of the random things be because like most days I'll be like I'm grateful for water I love water yeah give me more water (laughs) so um, even if they're random yeah. Okay, my last question. If you could broadcast to everyone in the world for 60 seconds, what would you say? Um, let's see if I can time this. I would say you are worthy. Um, you are brilliant. You are smart. You're intelligent. You are everything that you need you can find within yourself. Um never stop growing, never stop pushing. Take breaks when you need to, because you are not meant to perpetually become better or become more than what you are. Sometimes you do need to take a rest and be what you are. And then when you have the strength and the energy again, become more and just keep doing that over and over again until you die. <laughs> that's awesome it's beautiful <laughs> that, that is my motivational speech for the day <laughs> hey everyone needs their daily affirmations <laughs> um all right is there anything before we close this down that you want to share with the world be kind <laughs> to you yourself the earth and others <laughs> I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is very fun. (laughs) Good. Um, All right. So that, thank you all for joining us for the Common Humanity Podcast, where we're here to have real human conversations. (laughs) 